0: Alright, it was great having Jacob here with us this morning, wasn't it? Jacob Early? So, yeah, wherever he went. Um, it, Jacob is a worship leader in at the Branch Church, so Andy's in South Carolina. Oh, there you are, back there. There he is. In South Carolina today at a church, and uh, Byron and Becky are at the beach, so it's a busy Labor Day weekend, but uh, it's good to see everybody. Great to be here as well, and... Uh, Maya and Michael are here, you guys, yeah, and they're, if you don't know Maya and Michael, they're a brother and sister from, uh, and uh, they've been around here for a while, but not been around here for a while, because Maya has been in Haiti as a missionary, and Michael's been in Kenya, right, and uh, so they're here now, so we're just glad they're here, we support them as a church, and there's some of us, some of our missionaries, so awesome to have them here. By the way, what Sarah said about our two-year-old, right after she sang that prophetic song, she threw a fit about not wanting to wear a dress. So, I mean, you know, (laughs) just just in case you were thinking she was more angelic than... She really is an angel, but, you know, she's two. I mean, even two-year-old angels have, have their moments, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. Sometimes I'm not sure if I'm going to make it here on Sunday morning. I, I'm serious. Like, oh, my gosh, I made it here. It is a miracle from heaven. Whether anybody gets healed or saved this morning or not, I made it to church. God is good. The Lord is moving. Can anybody relate with that? You know what I'm saying? Let's just be real, you know? We don't have to be... Yeah. How much that's really God? Is that what you said, Kathy? So, uh, hey, I wanted to read this this email I got from Downing. Y'all know Downing? How many people know Downing? Yeah. Downing McDade, you know, he's a, a guy who's in our church. He uh, graduated from App State uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess, and has been around here for a while, and uh, he went out to... To Bethel Church in California, Redding, California, to this ministry school, and uh, back a couple of weeks ago, he sent me this email, and uh, I just want to read it to you because it's addressed, dear church family. So this is really good. I just wanted to throw out a quick update and let you all know I'm doing well. Mom and I arrived in Redding a week ago yesterday. I've had about another two weeks before any of my roommates will be arriving. Needless to say, I have a lot of time to myself, and more coming. On the other hand, I have this sense building up that there is a lot God wants to show me and let me experience in the next few years, and so he's not wasting any time. Just over the weekend, I had three unique encounters with the glory of God and his people. Number one, I went to my first meeting at Bethel on Friday night after being on the road for a week and a half and not having much extra time to put toward anything but driving. It was a great feeling to be back with the body in worship. Just being there would have been enough for me, but God had a little more in mind that night. We were in the middle of doing a fire tunnel, and by we, I mean we, the line to go through wrapped almost all the way around the sanctuary. And all of a sudden, everyone just stopped and started shouting and pointing up toward the ceiling over the stage. A cloud of the presence of God had swept into the room, and the air over the whole front of the room began to glitter and sparkle. My first thought was a jar of glitter had blown up. And that it would probably just go away soon. It didn't. It kept on falling for about forty five minutes to an hour. Everyone saw it. No one could explain. And uh, Marlon Marlin has a Facebook friend that has video of this. I saw the video. Sorry, I should have got on the screen for you this morning. But you really can see these glitter like coming down from the scene. It's crazy. <laughs> Downing. I mean, of all people. <laughs> I remember having coffee with him oh, anyway. Downing wow okay number two it gets even better I spent a few hours at the alabaster house a 24-hour house of prayer on Saturday night The house stands on top of a hill that looks over the mountains surrounding the city in every direction It's the perfect place to go and spend time alone with God and soak or just watch the sunset I'm walking around outside the house in the prayer garden and this guy who I've never met before in my life walks up to me and says Your name's Downing, right? I say yes again, thinking, oh wait, no. I say yes. So he says, You just came here from North Carolina, right? I say yes again, thinking he's about to tell me my car's getting towed or something. <laughs> so he says, Yeah, I met you a little while ago in heaven. I was taken up and you introduced yourself to me. The Lord wants you to not, know not to worry about getting a job because He already has one on the way for you. And He goes on to prophesy over me about a lot more of what God has in store for me over the next two years. I'm still letting the fact we had already met in heaven, even though I'm 100% sure I wasn't taken up to heaven, blow my mind. Okay, I, I could preach on that, but I don't think I will. Actually, I don't think I can preach on that. I don't <laughs> Number three, Sunday morning at church, Bill Johnson gets up and says he has a word of knowledge for people suffering from knee pain, from missing cartilage in the joint, or from the cartilage being worn out. He asks if that fits anybody in the room, and about 20 people raise their hand. He tells us to find someone near us with a hand up and start to pray. There was a girl right behind me with her hand up, so we ask what's up. And she tells us that she's had pain in her right knee for a while now. She said she loves to run but hasn't been able to because of this pain. So we start praying and ask God to restore her knee to its full ability. We get done praying and we ask her how it feels so she stands up and starts swinging it, testing it, then walks out to the aisle and starts to full out sprint through the sanctuary. Pain had totally left. She's back to running. So God has given me plenty to think about. It excites me for what the rest of my time here will be like since technically school won't start for about another month. God is moving and it. it makes me happy. Hope everything is good for all of you guys. I miss you all. Sincerely, Downing. So, Downing, if you're listening, we love you too. Glad you're having a great time. Isn't that cool? So, uh, I, by the way, in the first service, this lady got serious uh, knee pain healed. And the first, anybody in here have any knee pain? Just raise your hand up. Okay, you guys stand up. We're just going to see God heal this knee pain right here. I want to be the body, the the body of Christ here this morning. So uh, you guys who aren't standing, you can stand up and gather around them. And let's just take authority over knee pain right now because it it can't stay here. (laughs) We don't want it here. So right now we thank you, Father, for the presence of heaven in this place. We ask you God just to come down right now and touch each one of these people. Let your presence just more and more, more, more just manifest right now. Right now. Pain, we command you leave right now in Jesus name. Go from these knees. Cartilage be renewed. Joints be strengthened. Muscle grow. We command bone to be renewed where it needs to be renewed. New knee, knee replacements right now, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, your power. Yeah, just saturate them, Lord. Woo. All right, move that knee around. Check it out. See how it feels. You always got to test it, you know. I mean, I want to see how it feels. All right, wave your hand at me if you can tell any. If you tell any difference, what's going on over here? Barbara, is that you? What happened? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, say that again.
1: i had a
2: lot of pain in my left knee and swelling, and I went to the doctor they did x-rays I couldn't find out what was wrong, and I had to pay a lot of money, and it was put me in a hole this summer. but uh I was determined I was going to dance anyway, and just now it just it's like it.
1: It's just gone. Amen.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's good, isn't it? You know, I just want to pray for us right now that the love and the compassion of the Father would just sweep over us as a body, as a group. Okay, to release the love and goodness of that we've received. How many? I just feel like the Lord just wants to love on people. So much. How many people have known just the extravagant, ferocious love of God in your life? Like it's all consuming. It just pursues you, even when you're not looking for it. So Lord, I just pray that your love and your goodness and your compassion would just flow into our hearts right now. Just come, Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us. With the fullness of Christ, the full measure of your love and your peace. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you for raining down on us. Whew. Yeah. More, Lord. More, Lord. Woo! <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you for your presence many people are just hungry for his presence. Just more of your presence, Lord. Thank you that you've paid it all, that we can have the fullness of your presence. So hungry for your presence, God. Those who hunger and thirst will be filled, you said, Lord, fill us, God. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. (laughs) The Lord is here, and He's so full of mercy and love. I just see his uh, burning eyes of fire that just penetrate us, all of us, with just wave after wave of love. It's not a fire like angry eyes of fire. You've got to hear that. It's these loving eyes of glowing fire that just look and penetrate our soul and spirit. Mm. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here's what John saw. And I want you to understand before I read this that this is just as real right now as it was 2,000 odd years ago or whatever, when John saw this, this is Revelation 4.1. He said, After these things I looked, and behold a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me. Come up here, I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne. In appearance, it was like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones. And on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Seven lamps of fire. I know I've spoken of this before, but I just want to remind you how real this is today. Today. How real this is right now, that there are literally seven torches, or whatever they look like, however big the fire is. There are seven torches of fire around the throne of God. They're here, they're accessible. And it's from these flames that the Spirit poured out in Pentecost. You remember, as of tongues of fire, the Holy Spirit was look, appeared upon their heads. These seven uh, uh, torches of fire released the seven manifestations of the Spirit of God. And we've looked at these before. I'm kind of doing a review from a few times ago when I spoke. In Isaiah 11, Isaiah the prophet, 6,000 years ago, spoke, maybe not quite that long ago, anyway, spoke of these spirits of God. Two thousand seven hundred years ago, to be precise, in forty-six days and thirty-eight hours, no. <laughs> he spoke in <and> twenty-nine seconds. In <laughs> counting, he spoke of these seven spirits, and you can read. I'm not going to go there, but in Isaiah eleven one and two, and uh, so in this first bit of these messages, I've been doing on what Paul called the, the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We looked at the words of wisdom, and we looked at the word of knowledge, and we looked at the past couple of times in the gift of faith, okay? And then in 1 Corinthians 12, the next one are gifts of healings and working of miracles. And I know you've heard me speak on this quite a lot, and I apologize for repeating it. But I believe, I just feel in my spirit drawn back to this time and time again, not only because it's something I feel like God has called me to personally in terms of ministry, but because I feel like he's called all of us to be his hands and feet on the earth. He's called us to be, Paul said, the body of Christ. Now, what does that mean? I mean, I've grown up in the church. I've heard the body of Christ thrown around a bazillion and one hundred times. And it just I to me, it just feels like the people that sit in church. But I realize the body of Christ is literally when Jesus walked the earth. And we're going to read some of the things that He did. The way that He touched people. The things that He spoke. The, the hands that He placed on people that they were healed and demons fled and all these things. He's called you to be that. Wow, yes, you to be that. Punch your neighbor and said, you're him now. This Nigerian pastor, when I went to Africa in 2001, his name was Charles Indefon. And he, he was, I mean, incredible guy. And he had this amazing ministry. Tons of people were getting healed. The only person I've personally seen that went to an AIDS hospital and cleared the hospital out. Literally the only human I've seen, that, like where you read, you read the Gospels and people would find Jesus and run to him wherever he was and find him and wait for him, that like we would be sitting and eating dinner and somebody, um, excuse me, pastor, into the phone, there's people waiting outside for you. I mean, they would seek him down because of the healing anointing on his life. And what he used to say to all the Christians is, you're the best Jesus that your world is ever going to see. It's easy. <laughs> it got kind of annoying. It's easy. He kept saying that over and over and we're just thinking, it's not easy. You know? No, it might be easy for you. You've got this gift and everything. It's not easy. I mean, that's what we're thinking. But I realize it should, if we are the hands and feet of Christ, then it is easy because it's not us. It's Him. I believe He wants to do this. Now, Dean spoke of like some very disturbing things going on in Israel. Everybody knows it's kind of a dark hour in the history of the world. And it's that bittersweet thing because it seems like it's getting darker. It probably will get darker. But that's good news in the sense that as it gets darker, the light is going to shine even brighter. And another reason why I think that we need to keep coming back and exhorting ourselves and stirring up the gift that's in us, as Paul told Timothy... In this, in these realms of the, the gifts of the Spirit, is because I believe God wants to just explode in healings and miracles and signs and wonders, and uh, I just want to encourage you to go after these things. Thank you, Lord. I got pages of notes here. I'm not using any of them. Everybody, said, "Amen." Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Because here's the thing. You know, Byron talks about this a lot and he's been doing this wonderful series to the book of Ephesians, which is kind of like he explained as God's blueprint from how to live from heaven to earth. And I want to encourage us, myself included, to be spiritually minded because we truly aren't of this natural world. And if God wants to stir us up and use us powerfully in these gifts of the Spirit, the way to increase those things is just that by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit that we do. And Jesus said these few things, just to read a couple uh, excerpts of this on this point. Is He said this, I believe it's in John 6, when he's talking about uh, talking to the woman at the well. Where is that? I got it somewhere in here. Yeah, there it is. John 4. I'm sorry. John 4:23. He said, "But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him, and God is spirit." Everybody say God is spirit. God is spirit, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. I thought, "Why am I spinning my wheels worshipping God in my realm?" When he is meant to be worshipped in his realm. That's what I love about the worship that God's given us in this church. Is we are invited. Okay? It doesn't mean we must. But we are invited for just a few moments here on a Sunday morning. To leave this realm of the natural. And worship the Lord in the spirit. If you're new, that's why sometimes you might hear some things that seem a little out of the ordinary. You know, compared to other churches or whatever your background is. That's because the Lord is calling us to worship Him in the Spirit. In the Spirit, there are things that happen that are a little bit different than in the natural. He also said this to His disciples, actually, um, on in John 6. He said this, John six sixty It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words even that I'm speaking to you are spirit and they are life. But there's some of you here who don't believe. In other words, even the words that I'm saying, Jesus is saying, they're not natural sounds that you hear coming out of my physical mouth using my tongue. That's not what they are primarily. They're a spiritual uh, substance. There's something spiritually I'm saying to you. And I love the way that he approached... Um, people that he encountered in his li- in, in his day to day life. For example, there's one uh, passage that I don't think I'd ever seen before. I, in fact, I don't remember reading it. That's just really fresh for me right now. It's Luke 13:10. It says this. And now Jesus, sorry, Becca, I'm kind of skipping around here. I know it's hard to keep. Oh, I mean, Be- you're not Becca, <laughs> Karen. Becca was here in the first service. <laughs> Uh, Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Do you know there's a spirit of infirmity that afflicts people? It's probably a lot more common than we realize. Again, it takes spiritual discernment. So Jesus knew what to do about this. And uh, 18 years. And was bent over... And could in no way, ra- no way raise herself up. So she was one of those ladies, you see, that's just bent over. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you're loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. In another passage in Mark 1, it says Jesus moved with compassion. Stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, "I am willing be cleansed." As soon as he spoke had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. You see, here's the thing. How many people would like to see God straighten up bent over spines? How many people would like to see things like leprosy or cancer or, or AIDS and HIV? how many people would like to see those things disappear? Dis- disintegrate under the power of God. How many people have seen those things? Right? So one of, the, one of the ways to stir yourself up is to remember that. Okay? But as the body of Christ, we are literally walking around here as that existence on this planet. So we have the privilege and the honor of doing just that. And, uh, you know, Chuck, he had to go, but um, he was telling me this week... Yeah, he kind of has this unique personality. You guys probably didn't know that, but, um yeah, he usually sits right here, has kind of a graying beard. And uh, he, he was in this restaurant, and the waitress that was waiting on them was having kind of a hard time, like, miss, forgetting stuff. And she came out, I'm, I apologize, that I forget? He's like, well, actually, you didn't bring my salad, you know. And she, finally, after a while, she just stopped, and she says, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry about that. I've just had this severe migraine all day long. And he's like, well, give me your hand. You know? And Janet just told me when he did that, whenever somebody says to him something like they're sick, she's like, oh, no. You know? She's so said, I want to, but my personality is just not to be that aggressive. But anyway, okay, well, give me your hand. So I, don't, I wasn't there, but he was probably, Lord, shoot. You know? Probably started crying. Anyway, he... He just prays for this woman, and she's like, huh, that's strange, I don't feel anything. Then she went on and kept working, she came back later, she goes, my headache is completely gone. And then she just started talking about the Lord, and they just had this God conversation. You know, and I thought, man, that is the body of Christ, you know, just as you go, the Lord just stirring you up. So this morning what I want to do, because I know I've talked, I could talk on and on and on about this thing, but I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to just impart just an increased anointing. Like we're going to keep going after it, okay? We're, just, we're not going to stop. We're just going to keep going after it because after I rambled for a little bit this morning in the first service, kind of like I'm doing now, I prayed for this ninth grade girl who asked me to pray because her collarbone was out of, I don't think it was out of joint. She just said it wasn't right. Something was misplaced about it. And so I just prayed, just prayed. Nothing in my mind really spectacular. And she started weeping and almost hyperventilating. She was so overcome with emotion because God completely adjusted to her collarbone, whatever it was. It's like, you know, and then um, things like that just... Are messing me up. <laughs> um, in fact, let me get uh, Amanda to come up here. Um, I wanted her to share her testimony with you this morning because this is pretty, pretty awesome. So, Amanda, what's your last name? Hale. Hale. All right.
1: um, well, in the first healing room service that they had in August, well, let me start over. Let me hold this for you. In September 11th of last year, I broke my left leg in 20 some places around my knee joint and in my tibia plateau and the doctor did surgery right before the first of October of last year and he told my family I would never have a normal leg again, that I would be lucky if I ever even walked a mile and told me then I wouldn't walk for six months and I did walk before the six months but I had tremendous pain. Um, I moved down here in July and we found the church the end of July. In August I came to the healing rooms and Matthew and two others were there and prayed with me and my boyfriend. And, you know, God touched me. But it wasn't so much that it was instant. But that before that night was over, I mean, I had the healing. I accepted it. God didn't heal just my leg. He started with my heart. Because he asked me, did I have any unforgiveness toward anybody because of my accident? And I said, if I have unforgiveness, it's to me so God had to heal my heart before he could heal my leg and I had to give up what I was holding myself bondage to because Jesus already paid the price for me to be free but I hadn't accepted it so that night we prayed and I mean the Lord moved and I went home and we were sitting outside talking and I said I know that I'm supposed to go walk God said if you will walk we had been walking And i had never gone more than a mile and i mean you got to figure this is almost a year and that night i went home and god said if you will walk i will bless every step that you take and we were walking and that night i walked two miles and on the way god and i walked a faster stride (laughs) than i had ever walked before since this happened and, you know, God said, you know, First Peter 2.24 says by his stripes we are healed. It doesn't say we might be. Those contingencies have done been met. It says we are. It is manifest. It's already there. All we have to do is forgive and accept it in our own hearts. You know, and even this week, for the first time, I ran 30 yards. You know, to me, that's a big deal, you know. So.
0: Now, I just want to be honest with you about something, okay? This is not about like for me, this is not about like the cool and wildness factor, okay? Cuz I know that there's a lot of that out there, and that's not a judgment or anything, but you know, just, you know, there's a lot sometimes there there just gets to be a lot of humanness involved in these types of ministries. And I don't feel that way at all. I just feel that God really... Well, all it takes is just one Saturday walk through Walmart just to see the pain in people's eyes. You know, first of all, like what you were saying, Amanda, that inward pain. You know, and then the obvious stuff, you know, the braces and the carts and all that. It's like the father paid a price for that. Like, he sent his son... And He really wants it destroyed. He wants that sickness and disease and that pain destroyed. You know, and I know there's people sitting in this room who, who want desperately to be healed. And I want to see you healed as desperately as you want it. You know? And I just feel this resolve to continue to believe and to pursue and to go after until we see those things manifest in the natural world. Like to continue to go after it, to continue to pursue it. But, and like I said, the, the one thing that I do know is this about healing and miracles and, and the such, is it requires to see with different eyes. And um, this one last scripture I want to share and then we're going to pray is um, from Mark 6 and 8. In Mark 6, both of these passages, by the way, are a miracle that Jesus did. Okay, but he was using the demonstrate uh, i'm sorry the observe and demonstrate model with his disciples that I think he likes to use with us today, even and in mark six we'll read it and when he saw they walk on i'm sorry, no, that's not the right passage mark six thirty I think is where I'm in am at then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him about all the things, both what they had done and done what they had taught. I'm going to fast forward to verse 37. <laughs> There's a lot of people that needed to eat, okay? So Jesus turned to him and said, "You give them something to eat." Huh? What? You mean you want us to go spend a whole like a couple hundred bucks. No, sorry. A couple thousand bucks and buy food for all these people? He's like, "Never mind." <laughs> How many how many loaves do you have? And so when they found out, they have five, five loaves and two fish. Okay? Then later on, after this was over, also in the same chapter of Mark 6, they saw Jesus walking to them on the sea. They thought he was a ghost. He went to them in the boat. And, like, I'm a computer person's worst nightmare. You know, I'm just jumping all around here. For they had not... It said they were greatly amazed at this point... Beyond measure and marvel when they saw Jesus walking on the water on the sea to them. For they had not understood about the loaves. So this part is not in the feeding of the five thousand. But the author here, he comes back and says they didn't understand about the loaves. They didn't understand that there's a spiritual dynamic here. Because their heart was hardened... And uh, Byron spoke on this, he read this passage a few weeks ago, and uh, the Lord broke off some hardness of hearts, Um, and I also want to just say that sometimes we can grow a bit cynical and jaded. Probably a lot of it comes from the hype or the, you know, whatever, the little bit of flesh mixed in, in terms of the showmanship of healing ministry and stuff. But I just want to encourage you to let God just break that thing off of you this morning. Just let that fresh love and compassion of Christ just flow richly in your heart. In chapter uh, 8, there was another uh, food crisis. And the disciples said to him in verse 4, How can we satisfy these people with bread in the wilderness, out here in the woods? Again, he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said seven. And he left them, got to the boat, departed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to take bread. I skip down to verse 13. They did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread with us in the boat? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? There's that remembrance thing. When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? Twelve, they said. Also, when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? Seven, they said. And he said to them, how is it you still don't get it? How do you not understand? This is not a spiritual, I mean, this is not a natural thing I'm talking about here. This isn't the natural spiritual gifts. These are the spiritual gifts. This is spiritually discerned and spiritually received. And I think there in verse uh, 17 and 18, it speaks to so many of our predicaments when he asks them these questions. Why do you reason? Because you have no bread. Because our intellect gets in the way. We're trying to use our reason and our mind capacity and it gets in the way. Or do you not yet perceive or understand? Is your heart still hard? Or having eyes, do you still not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Remember the things that God's done. You know, a few weeks ago, I asked Luis to speak to our Healing Rooms team. And he was telling a lot of stories, a lot from when he was growing up in the revival in Argentina. And just many of the stories, and I could even tell, Luis, as you were telling them, how much faith was being imparted into your own heart. You know, just retelling your own story, remembering the things that God's done in your life, somebody else's life, the things that you've seen. There's so much encouragement and things that get stirred up in that, you know. So let's pray right now. How many people just need God to touch and heal them? And You got any sickness in your body? Just raise your hand. All right, you guys stand up. We're going to pray for them, and then I'm going to invite anybody that wants prayer to come on up here too. But I just believe right now that God wants to touch these folks. So let's be the body of Christ and once again just gather around them. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your ministry of healing. We thank you that you have destroyed sickness and death. Sickness and disease, Lord right now, God, we just ask you to touch each one of these folks, God. We ask you right now for arthritis to be destroyed. We pray right now for high blood pressure to be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Why don't you just ask them what the problem is? Somebody praying right now. Just take the lead and ask them what the sickness or the problem is. And then let's just speak to it, okay? All right, now that you've found out, I want you to just command. Jesus didn't say go and pray for the sick, but go heal the sick. I want you to speak to the body part or speak to the illness. Command it to go. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. More. More Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. It's good. There's a very real thing happening right now. The Lord is really touching people jesus if you've got anything measurable any pain that's testable go ahead and check that out right now see if there's anything that you couldn't do before To get us, the church, past the point of needing the breakthrough, in order that we can be the breakthrough. Okay, so what the Lord is doing right now is He's healing us, in order that we can be that deliverer of healing. Amen. So, uh, Luis is going to share this thing. I just want to pray
2: for uh, for faith to be released in the room because faith is really what brings the breakthrough i've seen it over and over in the past so why don't you just just focus on the lord right now and he's going to release that so that you carry faith in you when you go outside you you've heard this healing that matthew was sharing and i think the lord really wants to release that in our hearts right not only this was meant to happen in other countries this is for this country right so, Lord, we just pray right now. Let it be a breakthrough. Father, I pray for faith to be released in our hearts. Lord, whatever is holding us from receiving faith, I pray, Lord, that will be removed so faith can enter into our hearts once again to believe that you are the healer, Lord. And, Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Faith, come in. Invite faith to come in right now receive faith in my faith tell faith come in come in into my heart in the name of Jesus Father I pray that this church would experience a breakthrough in the heavenly places in the heavenly places Lord Let healing come into this room Holy Spirit release the healing power that is in Jesus for us just receive it right now just receive it as you worship the Lord receive that receive that there's no effort on our part we just have to receive it it is done it is done it is a done deal thank you Lord thank you Lord
1: you know what we say what we say it releases in quantum physics it releases that which is not that we have Jesus is a miracle working God he is in us Miracles fall in him. Jesus is in us. We declare miracles happen now in Jesus' name. That we in us, we have the faith of Jesus. We are dead to ourselves, we are crucified. We have have been forgiven. We have the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And the faith of Jesus is in this room. And the faith of Jesus, everywhere He went, there were miracles. There are miracles right now in this room following us. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Jesus is in us, the hope of glory. It is Jesus we glorify you. We give you glory.
0: So what I want to do right now is just ask the Holy Spirit to just touch us as a as a body, as a group, okay, and increase His healing anointing through the heart of compassion for the sick. The heart of compassion. And uh, one thing I wanted to, to emphasize to you is that the gifts of the Spirit are not primarily individual. They're meant, Paul explains, for the body, for the one body of Christ that's all of us together together to be used. So our desire and our goal is not just for Matthew or some somebody to be healing a bunch of people or whatever. The goal is for all of us as one body, as one group to be used corporately together. Amen? So what I want to ask is for the Lord just to do that for us. So if you feel, this isn't a have to, but if you feel this thing stirred inside your heart that you would like to increase you'd like the lord to use you powerfully i want you to just come up here and marlon and i are just going to be conduits of the holy spirit and just anoint with oil by faith that god would just increase your healing anointing i just want to encourage you to pursue the gifts of healings that the lord's put in your heart maybe you say you know what lord i really can't stand when I see somebody with diabetes, for example, when it, somebody with diabetes, I can't stand that. So what I'm going to do, Lord, is I'm going to ask you to give me a gift of healing for diabetes. Okay? And then if you're asking the Lord that, I want you to find, find everybody in your daily life with diabetes you can find and pray for them. Just pray whatever you feel like from the Spirit to pray. And pray for a thousand people if you have. I mean, just pray until you get a breakthrough. Pray until you see the first person with diabetes healed, or whatever it is. Maybe it's you know big toe pain. I mean, whatever it is, blind eyes, big or small. Find this thing. That's why Paul says gifts of healings because as many of different sickness and diseases there are, there's a gift for that disease. So, for example. Uh, I got a high success rate for backs. I mean, if anybody wants their back healed, to, I would love to pray for you over there, maybe just to organize this, but just pursue that thing, okay? And then, as we go down the line here and just believe the Holy Spirit to do this thing, I want you to do something, okay? Now listen to me, if you're standing up here, listen to me. Go find some sick people and pray for them this week, like this week, all right? Like go I'm this isn't a pressure thing. God's going to bring them to you, but be aware because somebody's going to come up, man, like Chuck, I got a migraine, you know, (laughs) like, Oh, hello. (laughs) Like pray for them and let's see what God can do. Okay. So we're going to go down the line here. Yeah. And anoint with oil. If you need your back healed, meet me over there by those chairs.